Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. This is an RNZ podcast. They say it takes a village to raise a child. I'm Lynn Freeman, and here we draw on my conversations with experts on Nine to Noon to help you navigate family life. Saab, how how are you? I'm good, thank you. Oh, we were comparing notes, weren't we, about how many times we'd moved house, and I moved more as a child, and you moved more as a young um, adult. (laughs) Yes, that's right. I moved uh, 18 times in nine years. So I think when we're thinking about moving house, it's not just necessarily the parental role or the child role. It's actually as young adults when we're trying to make relationships in our lives. It has an effect there as well. Well, it does indeed. And moving house uh, at any age challenge for adults and and for children. Uh, But it is... A reality of life very much, isn't it? It is. And I think um, you know, some of the research coming out is that uh, saying that around about uh, well, less than a third of people stay in the same home until they're age 18. Uh, so it really is um, the majority of people who are moving around or who have kids that are moving around or were kids when they're moving around. And it seems to be more problematic for those people who tend to be those kids who tend to be more introverted. Uh, and those whose personalities may mean that they tend to feel anxiety a bit more than others or tend to be a bit inflexible, they have difficulty dealing with change. They're the ones that are, tend to struggle with this the most, unsurprisingly. Well, indeed. And if, if you're in this situation, the first point is what? S- sitting down with your child and explaining why? Does understanding why there has to be a move help, do you think? Yeah, um, there's lots and lots of different reasons why, and often you'll need to tailor that according to the age of the child that you're talking to. So you're going to be able to perhaps have a more of a conversation around the complexity around that with perhaps a teenager. Whereas where it's a, a child who's maybe under five, really you're thinking about stories, you know, stories about other children who maybe have to move for a reason. Now, these can be negative reasons, such as a family breakup, or there can be positive reasons for some. So maybe that's for a job but often if it's a job then that has pros and cons maybe the person who's getting the job is always moving for a job or maybe they've been asked to move for a job um, but perhaps there's another partner or the impact on the family system is perhaps not so positive so yes talking about the child but in a developmentally appropriate way so that they understand and often verbally talking about it for young children a lot of the time can be quite overwhelming they've got short attention spans so you want to kind of keep it short and sharp and then be thinking about what what does this mean for you okay thinking about what's the impact upon us as a family what's the meaning for us as a family thinking about mutual support so how is it that we can help each other get through this but also walking the fine line between making sure you've got the good routines that stay consistent across the moves, but also being flexible. You know, things are going to change and there's no point pretending that they don't. So being upfront and honest around that too. And I guess there's a danger in overselling where you might be moving to, you know, building up high expectations because you're wanting your children to feel good about it. And then this, I mean, an empty house is a sad thing. <laughs> That's yeah. where you're moving to, you know. Yeah, I asked my daughter, who is seven, uh, if she had some advice to, for me to kind of like put out today, what, what would it be? And she said, 
absolutely take take the child to the new house so that they can see whether they're going to if that's possible. Go to, if that's yeah. possible. Mm. But also, even if it's not, that's not, not possible and there's a neighbourhood that you think you might be going to or a city that you think you're going to be going to, then that's important too. Um, seeing where it is that you're going to go, but also understanding that sadness is going to be coming out. So if you're going to tell your child uh, that you're going to be moving, then you can expect sadness and upset is a very common response. And making sure that there's room for that as well as moving along and saying, well, actually, there's maybe some good positives that are going to come to that. There's a really interesting thing. Honouring the kind of grief process for children to have to let go of what it is that they already know is actually really important. And sometimes children, uh, parents can move into the, make a mistake of telling them late on because they feel like they're protecting them and saying, well, actually, you don't need to know. But once it becomes certain, of course, you know, you don't want to tell children before it's actually a reality, but once it becomes a reality and you know it's going to happen, then actually making room for that and giving children a good lead-up time to the actual move is actually probably an important step to take. I wonder, and my dad, bless him, was an inveterate thrower-outer of everything uh, when, when we moved, and I found that quite traumatic, actually. But do you have to deal with that? that too you know you are moving you might want to downsize or declutter but at the same time especially for children yeah if you're moving and at the same time some of your favorite toys or yeah. books or something like that are, 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 even if they're going to a good place you know yeah. uh, it's pretty tough it is and that stuff is really important for young kids uh, in particular but not just them so if if they are packing up and you do have their toys and they're in a box then make sure that they have a hand in packing that box and they know that that box is going to turn up where it is that they're going to be you know, one of the other things that you might want to kind of steer away from is that, you know, this is perhaps not the time to buy loads of new furniture and new things for their new room, because actually what they tend to find comforting is seeing the same stuff in a different environment. So, yes, I'm in this new room and yes, I'm in this new house, but I've got all my stuff around me. And maybe that can come later on in the piece with stuff needs replacing. But thinking about all the objects that we might be attached to as well as the place. And yes, they can be replaced. But at this time, particularly for kids going through other changes in their life. So middle childhood seems to be a little bit tricky for moving house. You know, when they're going through things like perhaps changing schools or puberty, um, trying to keep things as consistent as possible uh, seems to be really important. So one of the things that you can do as thinking about objects is make a moving book. You know, where it is that you are now, telling stories and photos around honouring where it is you're going to be going now, and then the journey. You know, how is it that we're going to actually move to this new place? And then finishing on a bit of a high note, like what are your expectations around, you know, what are the new things that might be possible in the new place that you're going to be? So telling that story and that constructing that narrative of here and now, the process of moving and where you're going to be. For, I'm just thinking about maybe for younger children, would it be a good idea to try and get their room sorted out as soon as possible with those familiar things? Because it's chaotic, isn't it, when you're moving and it's noisy and it's stressful and all those things. Uh, but I know when I last moved and I'm going to stay in my house until I die, I can't, it's too traumatic for me. <laughs> um, but the first thing I put up was art. Yes. Because that made it mine you yes. know, and, and made it feel like home. So is that worth thinking about too? Yeah, absolutely. So those familiar objects that make it feel like it's yours, it's your home, this is very familiar to me, and it brings a feeling forth as well, right? So that's really important. Always advising parents, you know, you see if you've flown at all recently in the last few years, you see the advice of put your own oxygen mask on first. Similar here. 
you know, whatever it is that's going to get you through as a parent or as a carer through this, do that. Because when parents are feeling better, the kids will feel less stressed too. Now, maybe that, you know, parents, I don't know if people have moved house recently. It's very stressful. There's a lot to move. There's a lot of moving parts. So it might be that actually for young kids, it's best for them not to be there because they're not going to get the attention from you at, at that particular and point in time. Potentially dangerous, I think, with everything around Absolutely, you. yeah. So it might be that they, they come along later on in the, in the piece. But, you know, even things like, you know, some kids find things like floor plans really important you know i know where this is going to be and there's room for it and i've worked it all out beforehand you know so things like that for some kids who are fairly feeling particularly anxious or feeling quite inflexible you know i really really need this to be the the right way then working through that with them might be helpful too well we've had a uh, an email in from m saying due to a failed house purchase and subsequent legal battle we had to move house not schools though three times in two years plus we've moved a few times prior um, because of jobs. So our child is now nine, and I know she's carrying pain about the moves. But she makes comments about the fear of shifting again. So should we consider seeing a counsellor or psychologist so um, that our child can talk about her feelings and address them? Yeah, well, it's difficult to give specific advice, but I, I noted a few things from, from what you've just said. You know, One is that everyone's been through a lot of moves here. Okay, So it's not just the child, it's the parents as well. And before um, the child was two, the daughter was two. So to a certain extent, the child's going to be protected from anything really before they were two, but they do surprisingly remember things from when they were younger. One of the big protective things here is that if the school relationship is good, if things are going on well at school, she hasn't had to change school. So that becomes a really important anchor point for her life at nine years old. But then she's also going to be preparing perhaps to be thinking about changing school soon. Um, and so we need to be thinking about that. So, or she may have moved into middle school, into intermediate recently too. So yes, um, thinking about, you know, it's sadness is one way that it shows itself or fear and anxiety but things like sleeplessness things like school performance things like um inattention you know if you're starting to see things like this in your child and normally they should settle down after a move within about six to eight weeks if you see start seeing it persisting three or four months later then that's the sort of time where you might think about getting some advice and some help with that some support well, mentioning schools is, of course, another part of that. So if you are changing schools, now that is very hard for an awful lot of, of children, particularly at some of those um, key ages. And this is where you're not only saying goodbye to your home, you may be saying goodbye in part to your friends. So what we're looking at, children having to make new friends, very hard thing to do for a lot of um, young ones, and also trying to hold on to past friends. I guess the one advantage in this social media age is maybe you can rather than writing letters or making phone calls there are ways to stay in touch with old friends but what about making new friends that's pretty scary it is pretty scary um and i guess if we think about when what we sort of go through with our kids when they move from preschool uh, or are starting school fresh from being at home they go through that process then as well and some of them can struggle with that you know, and, and often um, kids who struggle to be verbal, or express themselves verbally or are more play oriented, then this is the sort of time where you can start to arrange activities. So have other things that are going on where children can make friends as a result of being at this thing. So there are community organisations who put events on all the time. There's school that are going to be putting events on all the time. But one of the traps that people can sometimes fall into, particularly if they've been moving a lot, is this idea of perching where they kind of 
they never really get fully involved in the community that they're moving into because they're scared around having to move again. And so you're constantly walking this line between um, protecting yourself and your children from getting too attached for the fear of the pain of what it's going to be like after, when you leave. And you end up just not really connecting with people. And I guess that, you know, people have to come to their own judgment on that. But perhaps it's better to connect and make relationships and find ways of continuing those relationships after you have to move again. Because it is a phenomenon of modern life. You know, in New Zealand, we, for many different reasons, move a lot as, as a country, as people in this country. So it, it is something that we have to deal with. And so we can try to mitigate and protect, but we also don't want to lose out on the benefits of actually engaging with our communities because they are many and they can be protective too when we have to move because those relationships can endure in the modern age. Of course, it's better to have the face-to-face relationships, but you know, email, Skype, whatever it is that you, you need to do in order to stay connected with people is going to be helpful. And as you mentioned before, it's all about personalities. So some of the um, young people who are introverted or, or anxious, changing schools is going to be more traumatic for them than others who are going, oh, this is my in, my in my family, my chance to make more friends. Hurrah, let's go for it. You know, there are different ways of seeing it. Yeah, so if children have struggled before to make friends and they have, you know, a few relationships, often that can show itself in those relationships too. You know, there may be uh, fear or anxiety or resentment from the person who's affected at the other end of this friendship too, which means it actually puts a lot of strain on those friendships and relationships too. So what parents can find is like, well, how come, how come, you know, this is your best friend and you don't want to see them anymore? It may be that there's actually put a bit of a strain put on that relationship too. So just remember there's more than one person involved when there is a move and there may be some work that needs to be done on that relationship at both ends. Some amazing feedback coming in, a text from a listener saying, when talking about moving, adults need to be aware of small ears listening. Mm. They say, before we moved from Australia to New Zealand, a 10-year-old came to us and said, please, Mum and Dad, stop despairing (laughs) and talking. So I guess that's, on one hand, you want to involve them, but all that stressful stuff, you're wanting to protect the the children from that I guess yes there are there are bat ears listening all the time <laughs> uh, that, well, what an amazing intervention though right it's um, actually noticing the theme of the of the talk that's going on and actually a bit of a reality check so yes do be careful about the the sort of narrative and the the the, the diet of talk that you're exposing yourself to and your child to and so by by externalizing it, by, by putting it somewhere else, by making a book, say, perhaps, you can start to actually check in on, OK, so what are we saying about where we are now? How much time are we spending on the journey and how much time are we spending about what we're going to be going to? The, the pros and the cons of that. And that, that's a good way of starting to monitor what it is you're talking about. Sasha's been in touch to say, look, I grew up moving house in countries, crikey, constantly until the age of seven. At that stage, I'd been to more than 20 countries. I've since met people I know when I knew when I was traveling, but I have very, very few memories of those people. And I, I feel I have fewer memories in general of my early childhood than a lot of people I know who haven't moved much. Is there any science behind that? Wow, that's, a, that's an interesting isn't one, it? isn't it? I think yeah. there's a thesis in that somewhere. Yeah. Well, we do know that when we're young, before we're kind of like fully verbal, we kind of encode our memories in a different way. And then when, be- when we become verbal, when talking becomes our main way of, of talking about our experiences in the past, often some of those things that happened to us in the early days before we became verbal become much harder for us to access. 
So it's not that the memories aren't there anymore. It's just that actually it may be harder for us to to unlock them and to and to think about them. So they may appear in different ways in feelings, say perhaps, you know, when we're in a particular place that echoes something from our past, we can't articulate it verbally, but we have a feeling um, that's um, provoked by being there. So I'm not so sure about Sasha uh, at the age and, and, and what was going on for her at that time. But for those kids that perhaps have a lot of travel, they, they can find themselves, you know, I know how to do travel. I don't necessarily remember all the places that I've traveled to, but I have a routine and a repertoire that I can draw upon and I don't know where it comes from. Uh, last question for today from Sally from Dunedin. She says, ha ha, she starts off. I'm about to make my 21st move. I recognize so much of what you're discussing. I'm absolutely exhausted. A friend told me there is no change without some grief. I found that helpful to, enough to get me through so far. And I guess that's accepting that it is a grief, as you're saying before. It is a, a, a departure. It is a leaving. Yeah, and even if you don't experience it as a grief, I think one of the things I learned in, in some of my training uh, and in working with people is that positive changes, negative changes, all require adaptation. They require us to change as a result of the change that we're experiencing, and that takes work. And that can show itself in the form of exhaustion. You know, Even if it's positive, even if these are all really, really good things that have happened, we can find ourselves feeling really drained at the end of it. So really thinking about what's the meaning of this for me? What does this enable me to do? But giving our space, giving ourselves the space to, to actually um, do the work that, that's involved in moving to, because it is hard work. Which is why, as I say, I'm never leaving. <laughs> I'm never leaving my place. Saab Johal, thank you so much. Psychologist Saab Johal there. Thank you for your questions to everybody as well. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.